Hello, everyone. Welcome to February's Fireside Chat. How's everyone doing? I hope that's good. I hope that's good. But today we're going to be talking all about cross-promotions for your subscription. I got a good bit of slides to get through, which should be a ton of fun. And then after that, we're going to have open time for questions, anything that we can help y'all with. So should be a lot of fun. And I hope everyone's been getting off to a great start so far. Hello from Nevis, West Indies. That's amazing. Where's everyone else calling in? I'm calling in from Dublin, Ireland. It is nighttime here. And I'm here for the Author Sustainability Conference, which should be a lot of fun. Texas, New Zealand, another Texas. We have California. We have Georgia, south of Germany. Amazing. Yeah, it is late in Germany. It's even later than it is in Ireland. We have, did I see upper, same Georgia? And then we have Canada. So we've got people pretty much all over the world. When you count New Zealand, we got Europe, we've got the West Indies, and of course, North American friends too. And hey, Ronnie, you launched your first story today. That is super exciting. Round of applause. That's amazing. Do you want to maybe share a link to it in the chat live? We could go check it out. No pressure, but that's super cool. I'm super happy. And yeah, you all are, you all are awesome. So today we're going to be talking all about cross promotions. It's our February fireside chat, and I won't hold any more further ado. We're just going to dive into it. As usual, I have some slides to share, do, 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 and then we'll have plenty of time for questions. This should be fun. But before I actually get officially in the presentation, I do want to just mention that if y'all haven't watched our other fireside chats, we have a lot of amazing ones. And today we're talking about cross promotions, but we've done ones on getting started. We've got we've done ones on the creator economy, on building CUNY, on tier rewards, author personas, pricing your subscription. The list goes on. You can find all of those at this link, subscriptionsrothers.com slash fireside chats. So Hope to see you all there. And of course, this one is what we're going to be experiencing now, all about cross promotions. But just a little really brief refresh, a 30 second refresh. Obviously, we're going to be talking about cross promotions for your subscription as an author, but that obviously relies on us understanding what is a subscription. So subscriptions are, in short, the way that readers pay you on a recurring basis could be monthly, could be annually. And in return, they get access to the things that you deliver to them. They could be potentially things like early access to your stories. It could be bonus content. It could be sign books. It could be your backlist. It could be a lot of different things. We're not going to go into all the different nuances of what you can offer and how you can offer in pricing today because that's really not the topic of today. But if you do want to get a deep dive, this book is totally free. Subscriptions for Authors Starter Guide. You can find it on any retailer. You can also download it using this QR code. And yeah, that's 
that's the the brief intro. So I want to share the takeaways before we even get into it. And there's really three takeaways about subscription cross-promotion. And the first is that the 80-20 rule is everything. One great promotion tops five okay ones. So you really want to spend your time with less is more, right? How can you maximize, whether it's one cross-promotion you do a year or one or, one or a few authors you work with, how can you make it amazing rather than trying to spread yourself too thin, right? Because Odds are there's only going to be a few things that drive most of the growth for you. Anyways, the second is that, of course, cross-promotions, we'd love to grow using them. We're going to talk about that. But cross-promotions also aren't just about growth, right? It's, it's also about serving your existing readers. And we're going to get into exactly how you can do this, some of the things I've cautioned against, and some things to look out for. But ultimately... Cross promotions are not just you growing, it's you also providing an experience to your existing readers. And that experience is probably the promotion you're doing for the other authors in the cross promotion, right? And that's where we have to think long and carefully about that. And we'll dive deep in a bit. And then the third takeaway, and I'm sharing these up front because I'm going to have some of these bigger picture takeaways before we dive into the specifics. But the third big takeaway is that Utilizing incentives on top of cross-promotions, and we'll talk about the different incentives you can use, it can supercharge the impact of your cross-promotion, but very carefully, very importantly, only if used wisely. And we're going to talk about how to actually use incentives wisely, and even if they are a good idea at all, because they might not be. Now, what are cross-promotions for subscriptions? So... When authors agree to mutually share their subscription with each other's readers, that's essentially what a cross-promotion is in its most basic state. Probably all experienced that before, right? Maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't participated in one yourself, but you maybe have seen a cross-promotion, even if it's not for a subscription. You've seen authors cross-promoting each other. When authors agree to mutually share their subscription with each other's readers, that's simple as that. Can involve as few as two authors or as much as 200 plus. I just picked a number that was really large, but if you think of things like Zoebub, Audiobub, et cetera, they are essentially massive cross promotions that involve hundreds of authors. They can be targeted to grow each other's following. Maybe they're targeted to grow each other's paid subscriptions. In essence, different cross promotions can have different goals. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to dive deep in. A cross promotion can also be limited time or evergreen. A limited time cross-promotion means that you're going to be utilizing that cross-promotion, working with these other authors for a limited time. Maybe it's for Valentine's Day, a cross-promotion, which is coming up. And I know a lot of you have Valentine's Day cross-promotions planned, which is exciting. Or they might be evergreen, where you continually are basically promoting each other. And it's not like a one-time event, but something that continues on and drive sustainable growth your subscription. Not one is better than the other, but it's important to know how they work and how you can utilize either one of them. And then finally, it can involve an incentive or not. And we'll talk about what those incentives are, how you should approach it, things of that nature. But the first thing is thinking about how many authors should you include 
in a cross promo, right? Are you just doing a cross promo with one friend or are you going to do it with 50 different offers? If only cross promoting with one another, or if only cross promoting with one author, you can make it feel more organic by purposely doing an event to bring your communities together. In essence, like if you're pro part of a cross promotion with 200 other authors, like it's, you probably haven't read all their books and that's fine. And that's a strength because you can all use each other's audience, but it might not be as targeted. It might not be also as authentic to your brand. Because one thing you have to worry about when you're doing a cross promotion is that's essentially like an advertisement that you're sharing with your readers. And if you're just drowning them in ads all the time, it can actually devalue your own brand, make people trust you less, especially if those ads aren't well-targeted. They're not actually things that your readers will like. So you have to be very careful when you're sharing things that this is a cross promotion that what you're promoting to them because it's the cross promo part, what you're promoting to them, it's something that they'll actually be interested in. And what you also have to remember too, is that whenever you promote something else, that's in place of what could be promoting you. Now, of course, the idea is that we can all grow together. We're not competing with one another because readers can read multiple books. These are all the things you have to think about. We're going to talk even more about that in just a bit. But in terms of selecting like the right promotion or the right size promotion, the biggest thing always to remember is that like trust is key, right? So sharing authors that your readers won't like will damage that, right? And a smaller group of target authors is better than a large group of more spread out authors. So when it comes down to how bigger promotions can go, sometimes they'll involve a lot of people who you might not be that familiar with. It might just be some big list builder. And that isn't always the best idea because in addition, audience quality plus list size matters. And this is sometimes an uncomfortable truth, but it's one that we can use to our advantage if we realize it, which is that just in general, there's a few large authors that drive most of the traffic in a cross promotion. And a lot of times it can sometimes feel, especially when we're getting started, really tough because it's like, what do you, I have to offer in a cross promotion, especially if you don't have a large audience yet? Like why would X author, let's pretend they're further along than you in the sense of having a larger audience size, why would they want to cross promote with me? What do they have to gain from it? And the answer, as you might find, isn't that they might not be like blatantly gaining a readership from you, but maybe you're instead facilitating the cross promo with other authors. Maybe you're doing the admin work in the back end. Maybe you're coming up with a unique idea to make this all come together. And that's super valuable because no matter who it is, we don't all have time to bring these things together. So you want to be very cognizant of that, of how can you work with someone who's actually ahead of you? What can you do to be able to make it worth their while? Because it's worth a lot to, to get in with them. Now, how often should I do a cross promo? This response will not surprise you, but less is more, right? The more you do it, the more you exhaust your own audience. If you have a cross promo every single week and that's all your newsletter is about, because it's very challenging. Because like I mentioned a bit earlier, but now I'm going to go into more detail, cross promotions are literally ads, right? And anytime you ask something of your audience, instead of giving them core content, you're exhausting their attention. Like imagine if you were watching a television program and every single moment was just like a sponsored like product in the middle of the show. And there's like a branded product placement. It's pretty obvious. What if that was like every single moment? You would probably be frustrated. If you have a reader opening up your newsletter, you want to build trust with them so that they want to keep accessing that line of communication so that when it's time to launch a book, when it's time to launch a new thing in your description, they're there for it. Imagine if instead, each time they open your newsletter, they just get barraged with something that they didn't even really sign up for. Now, 
there are some exceptions to this. If you're starting a cross promo list and the entire idea is that this is a space for cross promo, then if readers are signing up with that in mind, then hey, like that could be a good thing. But that's when we'll talk about incentives because which readers are going to be signing up for a cross promotion list? How are you bringing those readers on? And sometimes you can be bringing the wrong readers on. A lot of times readers who are constantly seeking cross promotions every week are really just freebie seekers. Are those really the readers you want? We'll dive more into that question in a little bit, but I just want to add a caveat here, which is that cross promotions are distinctly different from an authentic book recommendation or creation from an author. I'm not saying that you might not love the authors that you're cross-promoting. I hope you love their books, but it's a little bit different when it's a quid pro to be like, oh yeah, this is like my honest, amazing book recommendation for you. Like in reality, you're both sharing it with each other's audience, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But for folks who are in clubs, for folks who are focused on building an audience around creation, these types of cross-promotions are different, right? Cross promotions and authentic book recommendations, two very different worlds. Like authentic book recommendations are just that, authentic book recommendations. And that can provide a lot of value to your audience if done correctly, if it's authentic, if it's something that you're able to spin. Maybe you have funny reviews, maybe you have insightful reviews, maybe you have just an ability to like deliver amazing stories that readers don't know about yet. And that might not involve any cross promo, right? So that's just like one caveat there that you just going and recommending a book you love isn't necessarily advertising to your readers or exhausting that bucket. Like readers know when something's authentic. They know when you're doing a cross promotion. Like readers are like ridiculously smart and there's nothing wrong with doing a cross promotion, but you just have to remember if they didn't sign up for that and you're doing that all the time, that's probably going to annoy people and attract the wrong kind of person to begin. With. So you want to use them sparingly. You want to make it worthwhile. Now we're going to talk about like the goal of a cross promotion and Typically, like with subscriptions, because cross promotions is like a really broad conversation. You could do cross promos for anything. We're talking about specifically subscriptions today. Most of the time, this is going to go back to either increasing your following or increasing your paid member account. So for driving new followers, you want to have content behind the follower wall that is enticing. So this seems obvious, but it's worth emphasizing. Like you want to give someone who is following you. It seems nice to go, oh, I'm going to go get a couple hundred new followers. We're going to do a cross promotion and maybe one day they convert to paying members. Okay, fair. But if you don't have something to give your followers that's really great, that makes an awesome first impression, then you're going to be losing out. Like you're just going to be increasing your numbers. But like a follower number doesn't actually translate to anything in your bank account, doesn't translate to a sustainable career, at least directly, right? There's not every follower is created equal. An idea around follower promotions is that you can do a giveaway where if someone follows all the authors that are involved, they're entered for a prize. And you'd be easily able to do this because you can see all the emails the readers have subscribed. You can see the readers who overlap among all the different lists and then potentially have a giveaway for them. The thing about all of this is that if you're targeting followers, if you and you're utilizing something like a giveaway, you're going to attract the lowest intent readers. But you will increase your reach the most. So if you do a giveaway for followers, right, you're going to be incentivizing the largest number of like new people to join your Ream or your subscription platform, right? But they're going to be the lowest intent. That doesn't mean that's a bad thing. It just means you have to be aware of what you're doing because you're going to be getting a higher top of funnel, but they might not be as 
warm. They might not be as high intent. They might not be as frankly as actually interested in your work. They may have just came there because they wanted to get that giveaway or because it was super easy to follow you and they just clicked a button, but they don't even really know what they're there for. This is why it's so important, especially if you're utilizing this strategy where you're really going to be trying to drive tons of eyeballs in your subscription. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to have a good welcome for followers, which means like the first few days after you run a promotion like this, you're delivering them like some awesome content. Like you have a plan to give them something that maybe they weren't expecting. Maybe it's 10 chapters to your next book. Maybe it's some really awesome bonus scene. Whatever it is, make it like something that they're going to love. And then another thing, and this is also super, super important, is that sometimes we just let our followers sit there and we go, okay, we got the followers. Like hopefully they eventually turn to paid members. You have to strike fast. Now, I don't mean immediately, but very importantly, within the first 30 days, you need to make a direct call to action to have your followers upgrade to a paid tier because that is when majority, the vast majority of the upgrades will happen in that timeline. And you have to like actually make the call to action because if you don't make the call to action, the followers probably aren't going to upgrade. But if you do, you can actually see people within 30 days go from follower to paid member. You just have to make the CTA. So anyway, that's like a way to think about, okay, I'm going to do a promotion for followers and some caveats, how to hopefully make that work better for you. But now let's talk about doing one for paid members, right? And don't get me wrong. If you're doing a promotion for followers, the ultimate goal is to eventually get more paying members, right? But there's a slight difference here. If you're doing a promotion where explicitly it's about having people become paid members, you're not really asking them to become followers, right? You want them to actually upgrade a paid member immediately, even if they're a cold audience. And this might seem impossible, but it's not. Especially if you have a clear single thing they get immediate access to when becoming a paid member. I do recommend this entry-level tier price of $5 USD. For something like a cross-promotion when you're trying to get people in. You could do like higher, but I think that it's tough to, unless it's something really special, Getting someone on like a $20 tier who like doesn't even know you very well is a lot. But I caution against less than five because $3 versus $5 is like 70% more revenue for you and is not a huge difference in how readers convert to it. But the biggest thing here is that just hitting them with a paywall immediately is still really challenging, right? If you're doing a cross promotion explicitly with the idea that I'm really not trying to grow my followers, we're trying to grow our paid members together, linking to your tier page can be useful potentially, especially if you have an incentive involved, which we're not even up to that point in this presentation yet. So I'm just going to put that one to the side. My real honest recommendation is, is to link first to the story or the benefit they're going to get, make the first few chapters public and have a very clear CTA at the end of the public chapters before they become a paying member about like what they're going to get when they upgrade. That's like super, super important. So that's the way to do it for paid membership. Now, is the issue, or not the issue, but the idea of seasonality, limited time versus evergreen. And these are the two ways to run a cross promotion. So if it's a limited time cross promotion, a short promotion or event where you intentionally share someone's subscription, uh, someone's story or subscription with your readers, th that's great. That's great. It may involve a discount or incentive, or it may be themed around a holiday. It may even involve both. The pro of this is that if you do a limited time cross motion, you're going to be putting a lot of attention on it. Like it's going to be an event. You're going to not make it an afterthought. You're going to make it an entire feature in your newsletter. You're going to make it an entire thing you put on social media. And what that will be, especially if all the authors do this, which is what a great cross motion is when everyone's really doing the, the cross promo, you could get a large injection of readers in one go. 
The only chance is that the only sorry downside is that readers only get one chance to dive into the story plus subscribe. So it's hard to stack growth over time or to drive consistent growth using this. Just because you have one cross promotion go great, it's hard to engineer that over and over again, month after month, especially because you should be using these things sparingly. A limited time cross promotion every single week, like we said, is going to turn your entire author brand into an ad for other people's books, which might be detrimental to you in the long run. Whereas if you do it once a quarter, that's great, but then that's only one injection of readers every quarter, which isn't bad, but that's not like maybe the regular growth we're all looking for, which of course we're probably going to be promoting ourselves other ways. We're not just using cross promos to market our books, but there's also another way to think about cross promotions. And that's where we get into the evergreen approach. And I'm going to share an example here because I think it's a really important one to think about with subscriptions because subscriptions are all about sustainable growth. It's all about long-term mindset. And there's something about this evergreen approach to cross promotion that just seems to jive with subscriptions. And what this is, it's a consistent promotion between you and other authors' subscriptions. This is a rough analogy because it doesn't actually work like this, but the way to think of it is like curating your own also bots, right? Amazon has this consistent cross-promotion that you don't consent to and don't have any role in. When any, anytime a reader goes to your product page, they see a bunch of other products they could potentially purchase, right? It's effectively using your audience that you're driving there, and they're using some of that space to promote other things, right? And look, to be honest, it is somewhat effective. Like also bots are a great way to get discovered. The sponsored ads that authors pay for, although can be sometimes expensive, have driven growth. So the idea that you could like have your books be the highlight and like this also bots and that's like there, but not overwhelmingly there, drive that consistent growth is great. The only issue with also bots and Amazon is that once again, they're making all the money you're not, you're driving someone to your customer page and you have no control over what's happening after that. So that's obviously not what we're going for here, but maybe you at least see the idea that, you know, if Amazon's utilizing this evergreen cross-promotion tactic against our will and we can't benefit from it, what if we like utilize a similar idea, but actually benefited from it? So the pro of this is that there's a consistent stream of readers and impressions on your subscription. We're going to talk about an example of how you can do this, okay? Because I know this one feels more theoretical because it's like different but then we'll actually show you what an example is. And I think it'll make more sense. But a con of this is that it may result in less readers hearing about you since the evergreen approach requires the promotion to be like less in the face of readers. I, and that's a good thing, but that's just a downside. That's why you don't have to like just do evergreen or just do limited time. You can use both together. And some examples of this, and I'm going to get into an actual real example, like a real case study, but an example is include a monthly roundup or something at the bottom of your newsletter, regularly featuring the same authors, and they can do the same for you. So it's unobtrusive. It's almost an afterthought, but it's, hey, check out the author's mic corner, or maybe you're all part of one shared Facebook group or CUNY or way that you brand yourselves as like a triumvirate, or maybe there's many more than just three authors involved in this. And just as a nice way to share some audience back and forth. As one of you grows, other ones of you can feel that trickle-down effect and vice versa, right? It can be a really mutually beneficial thing. But I know what you're thinking. That's not actually that helpful. You probably want something more here. So I'm going to give an example. And I'm going to share with you something that like dives really deep into it, which is a specific podcast episode we did. I'm sure some of you have already listened to it, which if you have, this might be repeating things. But if you haven't, you should really go listen to it. It's episode 43 of the Scriptions for Authors podcast. It's called 
how subscription cross-promo makes this author $500 a month. The specific author in question is EJ Frost, incredible person. She's part of the subscriptions for Authors All-Star team, and she's just a rock star. And example here, right? And this is what she does, is there's a CUNY where each week a wheel is spun and authors publish a new short story based on a prompt. There's like basically a live stream that takes place in a Facebook group that all the authors share and all their readers share who are part of this basically cross promo, this evergreen cross promo. Authors then can participate in a given week whether they want to write a short story based on that prompt. And then readers, they have to subscribe to the low tier, it's a $3 tier for each author to actually be able to read those stories. So if they already may be following like one author that they like, and are reading that prompt, but they might not be following any of the other authors. So every week is a new chance to be like, oh my God, if I want like more of this specific kind of prompt, maybe it was something really funny, maybe it was something really intriguing, and they want to go check out what other authors are doing, they have to go subscribe to their page. And the author can tease some of it, can tease what they're working on, can tease that short story inside of the broader Facebook group. So it's again, it's an evergreen way. And then people are upgrading from that $3 tier to the higher tiers. In EJ's case, basically all of her readers have upgraded from that $3 tier to her higher tiers where she's actually having her real like premium experience for her subscribers. And I see some chats coming in. So thank you, Anna, for putting in the link in the chat. It's awesome. So yeah, if you want to actually see the podcast link yourself, you can get it in, in the chat here. And it'll also be in the description on YouTube. Now, now we're on to incentives, which I know a lot of you are thinking about right now because we've seen a huge spike in promotion code creation ahead of Valentine's Day which is super exciting. We love that. But I want to just put a caution, which is that with any sort of incentive and promotion codes are not the only type of incentive, but whatever the incentive is, you want to use it very carefully, right? Incentive attracts intention, right? For instance, if your incentive for readers to follow you giveaway is to reward them with a free ticket to an NBA basketball game, that might be really good if you're like a sports romance author, like Avon Ellis. She has a Miami Hoop series. That could be a really good incentive. But for most of you listening, if you just picked an NBA basketball ticket out of thin air and had that be your giveaway incentive for driving new followers, I don't know if your readers can be that interested in it. So the people who actually want to like engage with that type of incentive might not have the intention you're looking for, which the intention you're looking for is to have readers want to be continually coming back to read your stories and loving them, right? There might not be a huge amount of alignment there. So you might want to get creative about it because another thing like we see authors do is like this typical Amazon gift card or I'm going to give away a Kindle. And that's so broad, like anyone could be interested in that. So I encourage you to get creative with your incentives if it's a giveaway. Make it really targeted to something that you think your readers would find special. And what's beautiful about this is that it doesn't have to be a dollar amount, right? Like when we bring everything back to a gift card, then it's, oh, it's $50 and this and that. And is it really enough? But if it's actually something thoughtful that a reader of yours would be interested in or a prospective reader of yours would be interested in, then that's great. And it honestly shows an understanding of your audience to know these types of things. So be really careful about the incentive you offer because incentive attracts intention. That's like the most important thing from this slide. And it extends beyond, obviously, just giveaways or contests or things of that nature. It also extends to discounts or promotion codes, right? If you are constantly incentivizing people to join at a discount or free, who are the kinds of people who are moving on a free subscription that 
weren't moving earlier, right? There's some risks here. I'm going to dive into more of those risks in another slide. But there's some pretty big risks you have to think about. And you want to balance those against the benefits, right? So the big thing is that just in general with cross promotions, when talking about like when to do one, recommend doing it sparingly. It, it's not a, a, a thing that you're going to be able to do every week, at least effectively. And if you are doing it every week, you're probably not doing it effectively. And thinking back to that first takeaway, that 80-20 rule, if only a few cross promotions are going to drive most of the value for you, then just focus on those, right? Another one is that participating in one evergreen promotion at a time is a good idea, but more than that can exhaust your fans and you. So if you like this evergreen promotion strategy, I'm not suggesting you just join 10 of them and do them all at once because how can you make something evergreen if the forest has swarmed the what the carrying capacity of your your author life can handle, right? Having 10 different concurrent evergreen promotions is just confusing. Then, and I, I don't want to draw hard rules because it's your business and I want you to run your business in the way that you see fit. But this advice, I would say, rarely misses, which is that participating in no more than one limited time or seasonal cross motion per quarter, like, especially if this is involving discounts, if you are discounting, like, all the time, it's not a discount anymore. That's just the regular price. Which is fine, except who are you going to attract at that discount price? And we talk about, you know, pricing your subscription for your super fans, pricing your subscription with your value. Don't use discounts to undercut all of that. That's not a way to go about it. And ideally, because you're doing less, you're able to do more with that time, meaning that you're able to recruit larger authors to cross promotions, that you're able to develop really interesting tactics around how you're involving readers and making it fun for them. So it's not just, oh, here's another boring book in my inbox, but feels not only authentic, not only exciting, but also something that they're looking forward to, right? Because the best thing would be to have an event like this be something that your readers not only enjoy, but that they want more of and constantly not giving them quite as much as they want, right? Because that's the game of how we do it. If we just published every book we ever wanted to write, on day one and just drop the pen, we wouldn't really have a career there. People would just binge all of our books and move on to the next author. The last thing is that we want to be very sparing with the discounts you use because it can devalue your brand and leave a bad taste in your mouth if you constantly discount. That, that is my message there. And it's a very important one. Now, the last one is the plot of a subscription cross-promotion. So for this, what you want to do is first, right, find the authors that you want to work with. This could be friends, people that you trust. This can be authors that you maybe even dream to work with. And figure out what your goal is together. Because the whole idea of a cross-promotion is that it's not you working individually. This is a really authors coming together to, to work out what is best for y'all. So the last thing you want to do is just have, hey, this is your, my, my like mandate, and I'm going to be forcing everyone to follow this. You don't want to do that. Instead, what you want to do is have it be much more 
conversational and hey, I would love to work with you, starting with the people first that you want to work with. I'd love to work with you. I feel like we do cross promotion can benefit all of us, but how do you think we should do it? And you could reference this these slides in terms of how to think about it. We could choose to either target followers or paid members. Which one do we want to go for that goal being, that CTA for our readers? We could choose to make it be limited time or evergreen. We can choose to either make it have an incentive, and then there's different types of incentives like giveaways and promotion codes, or we don't have to have an incentive at all. But you get to work through this with them. So it's not, you can come up with your own answers, but in reality, this should be a conversation. Like this is the conversation you're having with authors in the cross promotion so that you're able to like all get on the same page together. Now, I will be honest, you're going to have to almost certainly have a leader for these types of things. And that leader is important to have, but it can also be exhausting if the same person is always leading every limited time cross promotion or someone takes over the evergreen promotion forever. Like it becomes like somewhat of a job. And although like we're all trying to trade our insights back and forth and train our readers and work together, there probably is still going to be someone taking the lead. And what I really recommend with that is being very clear about who is taking the lead, how long they're taking it for, and have someone else step up after that. I think that's super, super important. And if someone isn't pulling their weight and taking a leadership role of this cross-promotion of whatever the nature it is over a period of time, maybe then they aren't best for the group. And that's part of an agreement. Again, this is like a, an author, I was going to say gentleman's agreement, but that like, it's that idea. It's like an author, author trust, an author integrity type of agreement in the sense that you know, you're not signing contracts about these things. It's not like that serious, but it is really important to at least go into it with these types of things because I've seen so many cross motions get started off well with a leader and then they get burnt out, right? Because, and then no one's there to support them and then it all flames out. So you have to like really keep that in mind that you're going to have someone who's leading it but they can't lead it forever. Or if they are leading it forever, then maybe you figure out a way to give them extra support, right? And what does that look like? That's for you all to decide, but these are just the natural questions that I see every cross promotion having to confront. So now the last thing that we do before we get to our takeaways and then some time for questions is thinking about analyzing a cross promotion. How did it pay off from a time perspective compared to other promotional methods? At what rate did new paid members stick around with retention and followers upgrade? What did your readers seem to like and, and which authors are best to work with? These are all really key things. The biggest one being the last one. What did your readers seem to like? Which authors are best to work with? To be honest, the first two, how did it pay off from a time perspective? What rate did new paid members stick around and followers upgrade? You can figure that stuff out. Like your first promotion might not go well because maybe you blew the incentive or maybe you just didn't promote it, right? <laughs> Which can happen, right? The cross promotion, we tried promoting it, but we maybe missed the ball on how we were supposed to do it or how we we're supposed to frame it. These things happen. But the most important thing is finding a great group of people you like working with and being open to expanding that group and evolving that group over time. That's the most important thing. And of course, as always, reflect and make improvements for next time. And I recommend testing different things, whether it's incentives, goals, timelines, et cetera. Now I want to return to our final takeaways. And I'm emphasizing them because they're the bigger picture things I want you to think about. That if you walk away with hopefully how your mind changes in terms of how you think about cross-promotion, it changes on these grounds, which is that one, 80-20 rule is everything. 
one great promotion is all it takes. One great author that you're working with, one great group, and spreading yourself too thin between lots and lots of different list builders and, and things of that nature is not you know, the recipe to building a sustainable fan base. Cross promotions also aren't just about growth. It's about serving your existing readers, right? So you want to make sure you're providing value to them. And that oftentimes means that you're working with authors that, you know, write books that hopefully your readers will enjoy, that you are being fair to your existing readers. Like for instance, if you're offering an incentive where, and this is a gross exaggeration, it's totally fine to offer like free trials for a month or something like that. That's very common. Subscription programs do this all the time. And it's okay if existing members can't get that. But if all of a sudden you're offering like a year free to existing members, imagine if Kindle Unlimited, for instance, said, sign up for Kindle Unlimited today and get one year free, but not open to existing members. That would piss everyone off. That would be like, that would really anger people. So you also want to make sure that your cross promotions aren't damaging your relationship with existing readers, which doesn't really happen unless it's an egregious scenario. But we've seen a few and I caution against it because readers really do I have a bad taste left in their mouth when these sorts of things happen. And then the last thing is utilizing incentives on top of cross promotions. They can be really useful. They can supercharge your impact. I don't want to underscore the value of them, but they must be used wisely. And hopefully by the end of this presentation, you have more insights on how to use them wisely. I'm going to, as always, end off with questions, not only about this presentation, but about anything related to descriptions for authors. And uh, yeah, this is the presentation for this fireside chat. If you also want, I, I just decided to throw something in fun for those who are still watching and still here with us. You can scan this QR code and we did a bunch of like meetup exercises that were like exclusive to people who attended the 20 books Vegas conference in 2023, but we want to open them up to all of you. So you can just scan this and, uh, and access it super easy. So yeah. Um, and we already got great questions in the chat. So Takiri. On incentives. So what do you think of a one-time, one-month, one-time, one-month membership for a paid tier for followers who join in a particular week, month promo, trying not to attract freebie savers? So what do you think of a one-time, one-month, I'm guessing, free membership for a paid tier for followers who join in a particular week, month, or promo period? I think that can work really well and really help get people over the edge, right? There, these are just the things to think about when you do something like this. One is use it sparingly. That's probably the biggest thing, right? Is using it sparingly. If you start to do this every single month, no longer is it, no longer is it this cool moment. It just is normal. And then it, the promotion loses the ability to promote your sales anymore. It's not going to promote your sales. It's just going to stay at that baseline. So you do want to use, use it carefully, but it's a great tool. The other thing is that it gating, gating it to having someone follow first and then redeem the promotion code is going to result in two things. And it's up to you because it's a trade-off. And what it's going to result in is less people redeeming the ultimate offer. That's because they'll have to follow and then enter the promo code to be able to actually redeem the offer. But it's almost certainly going to result in a higher retention because they're going to be higher intent because they, instead of just having to enter in a promo code, are gonna have to follow you and then get the promo code. It's really tough because ultimately, like 
the efficacy of these things are going to like just vary at an individual level. But what I would be very careful at is like looking at the numbers and really seeing, like, okay, if I do it with them just being able to redeem without having to follow me and redeeming that one month free trial, ultimately, what is the retention from that? And then what is the conversion? And then separately, if you were to test that at a later date with following and then upgrading, what is the total number of upgrades and the retention? You will probably see a winner in terms of one will probably be more beneficial. It's actually hard to say which one because I've seen both work for different kinds of authors. But what you want to think about ultimately is like what's going to generate you the most profit, right? So if you have 20 readers coming in on a free promo code where they don't have to follow, but on average, they only stick around three months, meaning a lot of people are unsubscribing immediately and only a few are sticking around for a long time, then effectively you made from that activity 20 times three times whatever your tier price is, maybe $5. So then you made $300 in gross revenue, which that's actually a quite an effective promotion. but Maybe if they follow you, you only get 10 upgrades, but they stay on average eight months. That would then be $400. That would be a more effective use of the limited promotional budget you have the, or promotional bandwidth you have. Yeah, obviously, it's a lot more art than science to something like this in the sense of like, if I could just wave a wand and be able to like give you all the data on how your readers would respond to things before they actually do, and then you go out and do it, that would be really cool. But a lot of it is like hunch, what do you think is best? But that's how I would think about the trade-offs. Question, do you have any ideas about how to utilize existing subscribers in a promo and have them benefit from participating? I do have some ideas for you. And the first thing is this, if you're doing, it depends on the incentive, right? Because I, I think what you're assuming is if you're offering an incentive, how do you also give existing subscribers an incentive as well? So one thing is if you're doing a giveaway, why would you not allow all your existing paid members to participate in the giveaway? All of you already get entered in. And in fact, maybe they get five entries because they're with you for loyalty. Like they actually get bonus entries over other people. That's a great way to reward people, gamify them being there already and really make them feel heard. So that they're like, okay, yeah, this author's trying to grow, doing giveaway to invite new people. But look at me, like I have a special standing here too. In terms of the discounts, it's really tough to have them benefit from it because this is where you have to be really careful, right? If you start offering discounts all the time, then that discount becomes your regular price. And then you really shouldn't be doing discounts at all. But if you're using them sparingly, look, it's really normal that think about how many software programs and subscription programs, cable television offer these promotions where it's only available to new members. It's dangerous to make it available to existing members because they're already there. They're already paying. And they already passed their first month. They're already past their second month. So they got their free trial or their taste of what's going on. And ideally like are past that point. When it comes to evergreen cross promotions, getting them involved with other authors, your paid members are a great audience to be able to share these style opportunities with. Hey, we're doing like this really cool wheel with the wheel of sleuth maybe, or the wheel of smut in the case of EJ Frost. And having them be able to participate and get access to these things so that if you do like an evergreen cross promotion, maybe even a limited time cross promotion, they could get special benefits. Now, here's another thing you could utilize for this type of thing. If you want it, if you're doing a cross promotion with other authors and want to reward your existing paid members, and this is tougher because you have to get the permission of other authors to do this. All the other things that I just said, you can just do yourself. 
but again, I don't want to cannibalize your existing revenue. That's bad. So I don't want you to like be randomly handing out discounts to existing subscribers. We don't even necessarily let that happen because we don't want readers themselves gaming the system. But what you can do is say, okay, you are my existing paid members. You all are awesome. We're doing a cross promotion and I'm actually going to be offering some people like a month free as part of this cross promotion to my membership, new potential readers. And since you've been here with me, I want to offer you something special. It's not a month free to my membership. It's a month free to five or 10 other authors' memberships um, that you specifically get to access. And maybe what you would do in this case is create two promo codes. You'd have everyone in this promotion create two promo codes. One for followers where, or the public, where it's like a nice incentive. Maybe it's one month free. Maybe it's one month 50% off. But then giving paid members and paid members only access to a sweeter deal where they get actually two months free at all these other authors. I don't know if that makes sense to you. But that's what I would recommend is some ideas for that. So we have another author saying, I just requested 75%, 75% off first month for limited uses for the rest of the year. It's going to be my go-to incentive for any parties I join. It's something I have open to all new subscribers this year. I figure at least 60% of them will fall off. But if I can keep my community active and update my stories often enough, some of those may come back later. And some of them may stay. I'm doing it as a trial run for this year and next year. I'll probably drop the percentage. Okay. So question, if someone subscribes, they don't automatically follow. Should I include to make sure you follow me to not miss out on things offered my followers and subscribe? Is that necessary? It sounds like people that sub without following. So, so, no, no. Basically how it works is every tier within Ream is its own tier. So you can publish anything to your paid members. But for instance, if you're publishing like some discount or CTA for people to upgrade, you would never want existing paid members to see that. Like you would never want existing paid members to be haggled for upgrading to a tier that they're already a part of. That's going to confuse. Them. So if you publish to followers only within Ream, it only goes to people who are only following you and they're not paid members, right? They're just following. But paid members still count as part of your follower count. They're just not when you publish to only the follower tier. They're not going to see things only to the follower tier, but you can easily click and make sure everything you publish to followers is also published to paid members. But the one thing I would not publish to just followers and paid members is if you're asking followers to upgrade, I would make sure that you don't publish that to paid members and only to the followers. So in short, you can have the best of both worlds here. And the readers don't need to follow you separately. Like they just need to be a paid member. So there's nothing they need to do. It's just on your end, making sure to publish to them. Yeah. Of course. Always happy to help. More questions from folks? Things I can help? Come on. I know there's gotta be something. I'm gonna stop the screen share by the way. I think that code's been up more than long enough. Okay. That sounds great, Anika. First like 40 minutes or so of the presentation, so I hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it.
Okay. We're not getting a lot of questions. I had actually a weird feeling that we might wrap this one up early. Uh, normally we do these for an hour and a half. But I think we're going to wrap it up at the top of the hour. I'll give you, because I, I wanted to give you all the information. I hope this was helpful. But you all have seven more minutes to ask me questions. And I will get through your questions. So please do ask me questions about whether it's cross motions, whether it's Christians in general. I definitely want to help you out. Okay, I'm glad I was thorough. Maybe I was almost too thorough. I covered all the questions. Thank you to folks who last night or no, yesterday, I published on Facebook just a post asking people their questions about cross motions. I tried to preemptively answer those questions, which maybe explains why there's not too many questions now, which maybe in the future, I won't do that again. I, I didn't realize that. I, I thought maybe different folks would respond to the Facebook group than who were here. But I'm glad you like the Fireside Chats, Kath. And a great question from Alexis. Ideas for engaging all these new followers to get them comfortable with being on green. The first thing I would say is that you really should focus on having some sort of, whether it's link at the top of your about page or something that you're emphasizing to new followers to dive into an experience immediately. And most of the time that's going to be a story. And that's why we also recommend like linking out to the story that you want readers to follow on so that they're already like right into that story. Meaning like the first touch point isn't like they go to read and they click the follow button and then they wonder what's going on. Ideally, the first touch point is they click on a ream link that is your story. They immediately start reading your story. They're already introduced to the platform and then they follow you, right? And then from there, you're able to keep that relationship going. That would be like the ideal way, I think, in my opinion, to be able to go about this. Of course, there's gonna be people who like go to your tier page and then follow you. The biggest thing I would say is like right now, Ream will make this easier over time, but I would like in the subtitle of a book or in the description, the short description, include what story is free for followers or chapters that are free for followers so that readers know where to start in your stories. Because when they follow you, the first thing they'll see if they're following you from the main page is your stories. So if you can emphasize a story that you want them to immediately go into, that would be like the best way to get it started. Now, of course, these things, we're going to be adding ability for you to be able to organize books in your bookshelf for you to be able to pin welcome posts in CUNY. And that'll make this whole process like so much easier. But that's what I would recommend for now. And I, book of the month swaps. I've had two others. Let me use their stories to share with readers. First one got a couple new reviews and an arc it. That's super exciting. I would love to see them. that. That even could be a great thing to post in the Facebook group too. That is super exciting. Um, Lindsay said, I did a giveaway. I post each day for a week. That's everyone participating to XYZ and Ream in order to enter to win the prize. That has helped my existing foes get more comfortable. My engagement is still up a lot. That is super exciting. Yeah, sometimes it's just about showing someone that like, hey, you can click that button. You can click, you can click comment and it works and everything's cool. Like it's going to go. Awesome. And I will respond to you and other people will respond to you as well. So some things you could do with that are like a follower only giveaway, potentially like Lindsay has suggested. I think that's like a great way to go about it. And other things you can do too are think about the kinds of like on ramps into your community that readers would love. Like for instance, like maybe you have a fantasy world with all these different types of like orcs and different types of creatures and something as simple as a poll where your readers select like the creature they identify with most. You might not have worded exactly like that, but that general idea is that people can like immediately get immersed into your world, immediately respond with something very low friction. They're just clicking an option on a poll. And right there, that might spark discussion, right? I share stories in my newsletter, but let them know they can read a few days early on Ream. And that has helped. That's a great idea. You could use Ream, especially like public chapters and things like that, like a newsletter magnet. Like you could just publish the chapter public, 
readers can read very easily there and start commenting. Another thing too is like to include author's notes at the end of your chapters and explicitly ask readers to like comment. Like it could be as simple as like comment X emoji if if you think X is going to happen or Y is going to happen next. Or depending on if there's a romance pair, like it depending, you could play off that. Or it could be like something as simple as if you want the next chapter, let me know by dropping a heart on this paragraph. And they can just like the paragraph and then say, if this gets 10 likes, I'll re release the next chapter early. Something like that. You don't want to say that and then not be able to follow up on that promise. But these can be fun things that you do to encourage engagement. Ultimately, though, I always stay away from like, engagement's great. Getting people involved is great. Make it authentic. Make it fun. Don't ever make it like engagement farming. It doesn't really matter if like, 12 people like your post versus eight. Did people inside like your post? And them clicking and them inside liking your post are two different things. They can correlate, but they don't map one to one. With that said, it's very helpful to get readers to like your things and to engage. It can be a very positive cycle. So I hope all that was, was some help there. But I think we might wrap this one up here. Great time. I'm really happy we got to do the description cross promotion one. And we're going to have a special blog coming out next week that dives into cross promotions even a little bit deeper as like a supplementary to this fireside chat. It was some stuff that like went a little bit deeper that I maybe included here, but I didn't fully include. So do look out for that blog because I think it'll help really share. Like I shared with you today how to do a description cross promotion. The blog is going to be why you shouldn't do a promotion, which is funny, but I think it's important to think about. You always need to keep that in the back of your mind. Like, this is how I could run a great one. Here's some of the fears, but this is why I shouldn't do one because maybe it's not right for me right now. So anyways, you all rock. We'll have another fireside chat next month. We have a special guest in April. I won't announce yet. March, we have March planned out, but I, I guess we have the next four or five fireside chats planned out, but I'm not going to share what we're doing just yet, but it should be pretty fun. But in the meantime, as always, <laughs> yeah, I guess this is like a real fire almost. Actually, I could use a fire. It's a little cold, but you all rock. Have an amazing rest of your day. And as always, don't forget, storytellers rule the world. Bye, everyone.